Blog Talk Radio. about life's problems that may break or tear our support. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516 516- Four five three nine one one eight, or you can watch me on Facebook Live. I am on Facebook Live. Um, for those who uh, missed part of the introduction, for some reason, Facebook Live—excuse me, Facebook—is not allowing me to be on some of y'all news feeds. But I'm still posting. I'm still videoing. And if you want to look for me, you may have to go on my own page for you to see the videos or the daily devotions. But in spite of God got the victory. So I am now on Facebook Live and you can send your questions, comments, or prayer requests. Or you're welcome to call 
screaming, you're welcome to come on the website of the podcast, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go out to our chat room, which is available right now on our website. You can send your questions, comments, or prayer requests. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family. True Believers, Tabernacle Church, while Senior Pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. (coughs) Excuse me. I hope that everybody had a great week. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Got a little choked up. Um, this week been real strange. Um, I mentioned earlier, um, something happened that um, I can post on Facebook, and the only way people can see my post if they personally get on my page. But as far as the news feeds, for some reason, I am being restricted on being the news, on being on people's news feed. So just to let y'all know, I am posting, videoing still every day, and I have it also on my website. But we're going to be praying even for Facebook. There are many people that use Facebook um, as a means to get help. Uh, Many people don't have a church home. Or there may be people who may be in search of a church home. And in the midst of searching for their church home, they rely upon the ministers that are on Facebook or other social medias to be able to be fed or strengthened and guided until they find a church home. Or even sometimes in the midst of having a church home, sometimes just even just having an extra word to encourage you to maybe be able to help you to understand maybe some scripture or just something, some more, some form of uh, encouragement. So that's something that, um, you know, the devil does not like, but we're going to do it anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, like my brother, Mr. Bowser. Mr. Bowser, I love you, dear. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. For many of those who are watching, I uh, appreciate you all. Y'all welcome to, um, like I said, not just send your prayer requests, but even just comments. I'm able to read the comments and multitask but um you know this this podcast this podcast is so important to me because it allows me to not just to give out to feed people but also to be able to be fed also you know uh, one of the things i wanted to tell you all before we start with the show i appreciate the comments i appreciate the encouraging words that that uh, you all give me i appreciate that and i take it to heart but I do want to let you all know, just as much as y'all say that I encourage you all, you all encourage me. I want to thank each and every one of you all personally. I thank you all. And this is not Minister Prater or Brother Prater speaking. This is Little June right here. I want to tell y'all from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you all. Um, I may not say it all the time, but in my own way, I try to show it. Um, whatever I do, I do from my heart. And so when I say hello to you, 
I'm not speaking from my lips, but I'm speaking from my heart. Hello, and most importantly, thank you. Thank you so much for helping me as a minister, as a father, as a son, but most importantly, as a man. So I want to thank each and every one of you all. So with that being said, this is um this episode um I had, I was praying about I didn't know what the discussion was going to be until an hour ago when I went I went to my father's house. Sound like I'm going to get ready to give a sermon to my father's house. I went to my daddy's house. <laughs> I went to my dad. I went to go see my dad a few minutes ago, and uh, while I was there. I tell y'all, for those that know me, sometimes God give me a message in strange places. And most of the time, most of the time, I get a message from a restroom. I go to a restroom. It can be any restroom, gas station restroom, Walmart restroom. I always go to a restroom. And every time I go to a restroom, it's like I hear, I hear. And so I went to my father's restroom, and all of a sudden, I just began to talk observing the surroundings. And that's what God spoke to me and told me what to speak about on today. A lot of times, many people go to the restroom at the last minute. Sometimes people hold on to their waist. Some people hold on. Some people may be working, and it's time for them to go to the restroom. And instead of going immediately, Sometimes they hold it. That can be a number one or number two. I know we are adults, and this is just uh, nature we're speaking about. <clears throat> now I know some people maybe say, "Oh, that's that's too much information." Well, to be honest with you, no matter who you are, even animals they go to the restroom. But <clears throat> what God showed me was a lot of times, if you look at animals. They go to the restroom. Even if you have a pet, many of y'all I see online, you may have a dog. And when it's time for that, rest, that dog to go to the restroom, that dog gonna pounce, that dog going to give you a signal that it's time for them to go outside, for them to take care of their business. And they know when it's time to go. But the only way they can go, sometimes if we as adults, excuse me, we as human beings don't take them outside for them to go to the restroom, eventually they may use it in your house. Now, you may not like that. You can't get mad if your pet is trained and they let you know that they got to go to the restroom, but you refuse to take them. So it's not on that dog or that other animal, but it's on you as the adult, as the caretaker. But to let you know that that animal is letting you know that it's time to take care of business. All other species take care of their business when it's time to take care of their business. All species would do it except for us human beings. Sometimes we could be at work. I've known beauticians, hairstylists, uh, barbers. It's time for them to go to the restroom, and they'll hold it. Why? Because they're trying to finish working. They're trying so badly to finish working, and they'll go against what I call it. They're going against nature. 
it's, when it's time for them to go to the restroom, their body will signal them, hey, it's time to get rid of the waste. But unfortunately, instead of them getting rid of the waste, we'll hold on to it. And we will hold on to it. We feel that well, if I could just go ahead and take care of this, if I could just go ahead and finish this, they're more focused on what they're doing versus what they need to do. In other words, the priorities is messed up. It's out of order. <clears throat> and so what happens, you may be so focused in trying to take care of whatever job or assignment that you're doing, but don't you know when you don't release that waste, you end up allowing things within your body that will be toxic or harmful to you. So that's when God began to tell me, for tonight's show, we need to talk about removing the waste. Or if I could be uh, real or if you want to say ghetto-fied, get rid of the waste. Just make it plain. Get rid of the waste. See, God has already orchestrated our bodies for us to be able to work, for us to be able to function. And the way that God made it, if you look at if you look at an organic food, organic food is pure. Organic food is something that will actually benefit the body without any pesticide, without any artificial ingredients. But see what happens whenever we begin to start adding things to things that God had already made good or perfect, then what happened, it reduces the richness of the uh, of of the nutrients or of the the items that are in there that will benefit our bodies. So instead of it doing what is what is maximized to do, if that's a way of saying it, uh the the best and most potential way of benefiting our body, what happened, we reduce the ingredients that will benefit our body. So what we have to realize, the same things that happen with artificial ingredients that we put in our food would be the same thing that we do when we try to control what God has naturally allowed our bodies or ourselves to do. In other words, when it's time to go to the restroom, go. When it's time to eat, eat. It's just like a baby. If you notice, a baby is on schedule, especially a newborn baby. Get his sleep, eat, change the diaper. Would you tell a child to hold his urine or hold his bowels? No. Number one, they can't. Number two, they they can't do it and they won't do it. They understand when it's time to go, go. In other words, we as the adults, we have to learn their schedule. And when we learn their schedule based upon 
how we feed them. Each child is different. Learn their pattern. Learn their individual pattern. So that way, when you watch their schedule, you can pretty much time it. When they're going to wake up, how long they're going to sleep. That's if the baby is fine, if they're healthy. But if they're teething, uh, if they got a colic, you know, if if there's something going on with that baby, then it's going to interrupt their schedule. But the key thing is the babies, they're not going to hold their urine. They're not going to hold their waist. But we as adults do. And my question is, is what we're doing so important that we have to interrupt nature or interrupt the way that God naturally designed our bodies to function? Is it that important? Now, a lot of times we may look, well, yeah, 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 you're unfocused and everything, but you have to look at long term. You got to look at the consequences of holding on to your urine or holding on to your bowels. I found out a lot of people in different in different positions or different professions, when they hold on to their urine, especially continuously, what happens, they create they, they end up developing something called a bladder infection. And I, if, if, I, if I can remember correct, I think in my life, I think I had it one time. I think I had it one time. But I know many people who have had it. And, oh, my gosh, I, I heard so much pain that they have endured for those who have had that. Matter of fact, even when it comes down to waste, you know, that waste, if you think about a trash can that's in your house, if you don't hurry up and dump it out, not only is it going to stink up the house, but guess what it'll do? It'll attract insects or even animals, <laughs> rodents. If you look at the trash can, the trash can, it might be rats, or it might be raccoons. They love trash. It seemed like the stinkiest thing would attract the most animals or insects. So when it comes down to trash, you got to get rid of it immediately. In other words, if we would get rid of the trash within our home, then how about we get rid of the trash or the waste within our bodies or within the house or their home that God dwells in. Because remember, this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You think about it. So if we would get rid of the trash, if we would get rid of the trash within our home, then it's time for us to start cleaning up the trash, the waste within our spiritual home. Our physical body but also our spiritual body. Now, even though it may sound crazy, well, what are you doing talking about waste? What are you doing talking about urine and feces and stuff? Well, to be honest with you, sometimes as adults, we have to be reminded. Because when a person can't use the bathroom, it will interrupt their peace, their happiness, Matter of fact, 
years ago, I used to have to, when I was working inside the jail, even though I'm still working with the sheriff's department, but years ago, I used to have to sit out on inmates when they would go out to Parkland. And I remember a couple of inmates that did not have a bowel movement for many days. And to see grown men cry, oh, their stomach were hurt. And they tried lax the, the the hospital to give them laxatives or even enemas, mainly enemas, to help them start using the restroom. You know, in order for you to have an intake, you have to first make sure that there is a release. Another thing, for those who have ever had to have surgery or go to the hospital, they will not release you until you're able to use the restroom. Why is that? See, they want to make sure that you're able to function normally and properly and the sure sign to make sure that you're operating the way you're supposed to is not only be able to intake food and also for you to be able to maintain food but also to make sure that you're able to pass food that's through urinating or bowel movement so that's the reason why we have to make sure that we able to not just intake food, but to pass food. So that's one of the things I wanted to make sure that we brought up because we're talking about being able to pass or bypass waste in the physical body so we can understand how to pass waste within our spiritual bodies. Why why is it so important? You'd be surprised. Just as much as we understand now the importance of passing your food or passing your waste, just as important as it is and for us to understand so we won't have those bad symptoms and for the for that waste for it not to build up within our bloodstreams, within our bodies. And I will say this, there are many people when they don't have their kidneys function properly, what happens? They have to be on dialysis. Dialysis removes the waste within the bloodstream, within the urine and stuff. When a person, when a person kidneys don't work properly, either they be on dialysis, of course, they have to get a transplant, but in the process of waiting for their transplant, they have to be on dialysis to remove their blood, remove their waste. Some of them three times a week, but then there are others sometimes four. It depends on what the doctor says. But either way, there has to be a mechanism or a way for waste to be removed from your body. So now you understand the importance of it being removed from your physical body at the same mindset you have to have for you to be able to have it removed from your spiritual body. Now, what are some of the waste that we have to get rid of our spiritual body? One waste is unforgiveness. Many people 
would hold on to unforgiveness. Many people will hold on to a grudge. People will hold on to it until the day they die. When we look at, just like I mentioned about how waste, it will taint our blood. And your blood goes and travels everywhere within your body. So in other words, there is waste going within your whole body. And if it can contaminate your blood, it will contaminate your organs. It will contaminate one of your organs, your thinking, your brain. Another organ, your heart. So if waste would do that to your physical body, imagine the waste of unforgiveness going into your mind, going into your heart. See, we have to understand and be able to properly identify the waste that we may be dealing with. Anytime you don't identify the waste, then you are prone to still allow that poison or that toxic thing within your body. And eventually, if it's not removed, it could spiritually, emotionally kill you. So we have to be able to understand that these things, waste, are toxic. It is toxic to our bodies. It is toxic not just to our physical body, but also to our spiritual bodies. Unforgiveness. Now, I'm going to say this. It might be controversial, but I really don't care. There were many people that were harping on um, a couple of days ago when the young man... uh, the young man that was killed by the uh, DPD officer, well, people really had an attitude when they, when the brother said that he forgive Emmer um, Geiger. I think that's her name. Many people dogged that 18-year-old boy. But get this. He's not saying that he'll agree with what she did. But the key thing was he understood the forgiveness was not so much for her. That forgiveness was for himself. See, unforgiveness. See, when you forgive someone, that forgiveness is for you, for you to release, to release whatever ever toxic the toxic the toxic uh uh weapon at that time was unforgiveness and if you hold on to unforgiveness if you do not allow that to pass within your spiritual bowels that unforgiveness will turn into hatred and then hatred we got to remember Hatred is a spirit. And anytime you allow a spirit within you that's unlike God, it controls you. So unforgiveness 
is designed to creep within your mind and within your heart for it to imprison you to create hatred for you to be a slave to hatred to be a slave and be controlled by Satan. The spirit of God is love. But the opposite, the opposite of God is Satan. So if the opposite of God is, excuse me, if God is love, the opposite of God is Satan, and the of love is hate, then who's the owner of hate? Satan. So if you're not controlled by God, then you're controlled by Satan. And Satan will use a device or a spirit of himself to make you controlled by it. Or make you become controlled by it. Some people, oh, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not listening to Satan. But if you're refusing to forgive, then you are. That's what it is. So simple. We try to, we try to make it complicated, or we try to avoid calling it what it is. And what it is is the trick of the devil. See, like I mentioned, matter of fact, I want to even bring it on home. Have anybody have ever cleaned chicken before? Whenever you purchase chicken, you get the chicken out the wrapper. <clears throat> See me. You when you clean it, if you remove the skin or anything in it, fat that you remove off the chicken, if you throw it in the trash, you leave it in there. Look, that's raw meat. You need to get it out the house. If you don't get it out of the house, like I said, it's going to stink, especially when there's blood. And blood is what? Life. So when there's blood that's been on it, when it came from a living item, you remove the blood, you remove, excuse me, you remove the skin, you remove the fat off of it. You need to throw it out, out of the house. Because if you leave it in the house, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to contaminate the house. And like I said, it'll run you out the house, but it'll bring in the animals, bring in the insects, bring in the rodents. So you have to understand the same concept that will happen in the physical will also happen within the spirit. The devil wants you to be controlled by his spirit. And like I said, one of his spirits. Is unforgiveness. One of the analogies that we always say, unforgiveness, when you hold on to unforgiveness, it's just like you drinking poison and you're expecting the other person to die. No. So, unforgiveness. Holding on to unforgiveness, it will stop your emotional and spiritual growth. When you hold on to unforgiveness, you revisit the event as well as you allowing that person that you won't forgive, you allowing them to control you even if they're not aware of it. There are many people that's holding on to unforgiveness with people that have moved on with their life or 
They have went on and died and went to glory or wherever. You have to understand that you forgiving that person is for you, not so much for them. Now, it may help that person if you tell them, I forgive you. It may help them, but mainly it's for you. So that's something we have to remember. Unforgiveness. That's one of, I would either call it, it could be urine or bile. (laughs) I think it's both. (laughs) But we have to release it from our spiritual bodies. In other words, you got to say to yourself, I got to rid my body of that waste. People holding on to unforgiveness, not realizing that it actually does something to your mind. It not only controls you, but it dictates your life. When you deal with someone that's holding on to unforgiveness, it's like every event or every achievement that they either may try to pursue is always geared back either towards that event that happened or the individual that did it to them. Well, you know, I, I, I gotta I gotta do good um and say if it's on the job. Yeah, I'm gonna be a success on my job because oh my my, my ex husband he left me high and dry and you know I'm just I'm gonna make sure I'm a success regardless of what he did and all that stuff. Okay, but your ex husband dead and gone now. Or your ex-husband, he's married with his own family. So why is he being your motivating factor when he's not even a part of your life? So we have to realize, why are you trying to achieve? In other words, we got to get to the root of the problem, but also we got to what? Be transparent and also, most importantly, not just being real, not just being transparent, but also ask God to help us to discern where we can be able to what? Check our motives. That's the key thing that we have to remember. Checking our motives, being real with ourselves. There are so many people that have had a relationship to end, and you know what they'll do? They'll try to hurry up and get into either another relationship or hurry up and get married before the one that broke up with them get married or get into another relationship. And you'd be surprised. I'm telling you, number one, not just by the people I may speak with or whatever, uh, minister to or whatever, but also I read Facebook. Look here. (laughs) You know, Facebook is accessible. And I tell people, you know, some people, oh, people don't need to be putting all their business on Facebook. Well, you know what? I'm glad they do. Because it helps me to understand that there are people that are hurting. And sometimes, some people vent. But true love is not to tell them to take it down. True love is to reach out to them in private. Reach out to them to help them so that way they can understand the importance of what they posted. Because if you tell somebody, quit posting, and they don't understand how to deal with it, then what happens if they don't post a problem, then how are we going to know when they got a problem? 
Because to be honest with you, let's be real. A lot of times we ain't praying, we ain't listening to God's voice. God may be telling you, hey, look, go up to that person over there and, you know, they they going through something. Pray for them, minister to them. I ain't going over there to talk to them. I don't like them. Or I ain't no preacher. We hear all that. And I, just for a side note, if you're a minister, who is a minister? Anybody that accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, number one, you got a ministry. And also, by the way, you are a minister. And all ministers are not behind the pulpit. Even right now, what we're doing, there are people that are ministering to me right now, you know, saying, you know, God bless you. I'm praying for you. That, that's ministry. You know, so everyone that's proclaiming Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, you are a minister and you have a ministry, regardless if it's behind a pulpit, regardless if it's at work, regardless if even you operate in a daycare facility, you are a minister. So I just wanted to let you know that. So when people hold on to unforgiveness, like I said, that, that's, that's not all the ways, but that's one of the ways. That we're going to talk about unforgiveness, holding on to unforgiveness. It would pollute you. It would pollute your spirit. Another one we're going to talk about. Not only when it comes down to unforgiveness, also even if you want to bring it on a sidebar, is bring up hate. Hate. We tell people when you hold on to unforgiveness. You end up uh, you end up hating. A lot of times, people say, "Well, I just don't I don't like that person. I I, I dislike that person." But in actuality, is actually is actually hatred. One of the things I always tell people is, "Who you hate is oftentimes who you'll become." A lot of times, people don't understand when they hold on to unforgiveness and then it produces hate. A lot of times you don't realize how far you have gone off from your identity until that person come. Or even if you hear yourself, if somebody come and say unannounced that you didn't you didn't know that they were going to be there or whatever, and, or even somebody make up their name. Hey, have you heard from uh, Brother June? Mm. Think about it. Mm. Where that come from? Mm. That. Mm. That grunt. See, you can't hide who you really are. You can't hide how you feel about a person. What's in you going to come out? See, if you hate someone, or if you feel uh, unfavorable with someone, it's already in you. It just went on an opportunity for it to be exposed. It's just like somebody cussing. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Well, actually, it was in you, but it was just an opportunity that was awaiting for it to come out. That's what we got to pray for ourselves. But when it comes down to hatred, and so many people, instead of them ridding the waste of hate, they would rather hold on to it. Some people it would it would validate them if they hold on to how they really feel about that particular person. And like I said, it's it's not worth it. Now I always tell people 
even if you forgive someone, just because you forgive someone does not mean you have to trust them. Or just because you forgive that person does not mean that you have to have the same level of trust that you have had with that person. No. So we have to be able to understand what true forgiveness is. What truly forgiveness is. And also even releasing the hate. It's another thing that I have to talk about. I mentioned unforgiveness. I mentioned hatred. This is another waste that can really hinder us. It may sound simple, but if we really don't grasp this, it will hinder us from really being the men and lady that God called for us to be. It may sound simple, but time management. Time management. See, a lot of times, bad time management will reveal our priorities. Now, you can be a gifted person. You can be talented. You can have a good heart. But if you don't manage or if your priorities are off, then what would happen? A lot of times we end up missing what God has for us. And see, God would not just try to bless us, but how would God bless us? God blesses people through people. And so what happened, if that character flaw that we have that's called either bad time management or, or bad management or bad priorities, then that's going to look bad on us. And there may be people who may be less qualified to get what God has for us. So we have to make sure to ask God to help us to be better stewards. And stewards meaning the word manager or management. Because excuse me, we don't own nothing. Let's be real. We don't own nothing. God's own everything. We don't own anything, but God put us over, or God put us as managers over things. But if we if we don't manage properly, uh, and if our priorities are off, then we are mismanaging what God has for us. And if we mismanage what belongs to God, then what happened with a business? under bad management. What happened? They removed that bad manager and now that business is now under new management. How many times have you seen in apartments and you're driving by and you see a sign that say special under new management? There are many things. See what happened? They put that sign on there to let the people know who may have been burnt by bad management. Hey, look here. I want you to I want you to trust us. Uh we want to earn your trust. 
we want to be allowed to earn your trust again because we got rid of that bad manager. We got rid of the bad steward. That manager, see, we might not have been as great as we could have been because we were under bad management, but now they only have replaced the manager. Now we're on a new management, and now you'll be pleased with us. The same way we have to look at it pertaining to us. God may have you on a surveillance. He might be documenting. He might be doing a spiritual evaluation. And if God is doing a spiritual evaluation on you, then what type of grade would you have with you being the manager of, or the steward over the things that are of God? And the things of God is actually the things that what? Your time, your talent, your gifts, you know, your priorities, all these things that we take so lightly. These are the th- these skills that God has us, the skills that God has invested within us, the skills, the, the gifts, like I said, the talents, everything God has given us. Stewardship or management over. But see what happens, God gave it to you, but it's your responsibility to increase what God has invested into you. When we look at the Bible, it, we talk about the uh, the talents. Well, one had one, one had three, the other one had five. Either one three five or one two five. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the one that had one buried what was given to him. But the other two they invested. And what happened when the owner came back? The two that put their talent to use, they made what? They made a profit. And they were able to enjoy the profit. But the one that had that one that they buried. They didn't get anything but what happened because they buried it. In other words, they refused to receive it. And since they refused to receive it or they forfeited it, then the owner got the one that they forfeited it and gave it to the person that knew how to properly manage and invest their talents. The same thing with us. We can't, so many of us sitting on our gifts. So many of us sitting on our talent. <clears throat> now, see, there are some people that are just natural with their gift. But then there are others that they may have to work a little bit more than others. But even with that, can you practice your gift? Michael Jordan was a great player. But as great as he was, he still had to go to practice. Matter of fact, um, my favorite musician was Prince. And I heard on the interview, I heard uh, the bass player, uh, Brown Mark. Brown Mark had asked Prince, hey, hey, what time do we practice? And Prince said, practice? We don't practice. We rehearse. Hmm. I'm like, wow, that's deep. You practice. In other words, you practice at home. You practice on your own time. And when you when we get together, then that's when we rehearse. We perfect what we practice at home. 
practice. You practice as an individual. When you get together, you hone in your craft. That's the reason why even in the Bible, I'll say this. Even in the Bible, you can be the most gifted singer at at church. And some people, well, you know, you don't take all that. You know, you're doing it for the Lord. No, no, no. You still need to practice. You still need to rehearse. The Bible tells us to play skillfully. In other words, what does that mean? Playing skillfully means pick up your instrument. That could be guitar, drums, or even your voice. Pick up that instrument and practice, practice, practice. Because if you look at it, the secular people, Beyonce, She'll practice, but how come we'll say it's okay for Beyonce to practice or for Prince to practice or rehearse? But when we get to the body of Christ, we just give God whatever. Uh-uh. Because you think about it. Hey, you will want the person that's in the church to be skillful musicians. Why just listen to just anybody that don't even know how to play on a two or four, keep a beat? And you think, oh, God going to be pleased. But then there are skillful players and disciplined players at a secular concert. No. Give God your best. Give God your all. So with that being said, it's important for us to prioritize, prioritize what God has given us. That's, that's a waste. That's a waste that God wants us to get rid of bad management. Bad management. Another one. We gotta be honest. Honest. That may sound minute. That may sound like oh, what do I matter? There are so many people. I'll put it like this. There are so many people that will lie, but I found out that there are more people That'll be deceptive. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me tell you something. I found out I was watching um paternity court. I began to start watching that and I realized um I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not paternity court, couples court. Couples court with the couplers. And I found out when a person takes a lot of tests of tests. They no longer say, back in the day when I was growing up, they used to say, oh, that person was telling a lie. No. Now, their verbiage is different. They don't say, oh, that person lied. Now, what they say is that person being deceptive. See, I found out there are people, they won't plan out lie to you, but what they want to do, they want to make sure to make you think something that they don't want you to know. So what they'll do, they'll give you a partial truth. They'll give you just enough truth for you to make up your own assumption that's actually the opposite of what they want you to know. Hmm. Of the truth. The truth that they're trying to hide from you. In other words, they're trying to hide. They're trying to conceal truth. You see, that, does that make sense? <clears throat> see, a person being deceptive, you got to watch a person that being deceptive. A person that's deceptive is someone that can't be trusted. Now, it's like I said, it's one thing to tell a lie. But for a person to be deceptive, 
for a person to not be forthcoming of truth. That person is a dangerous person. That's one of the reasons why even the Bible, it tells us that a liar should not even tarry in the presence of God. That liar is a deceptive person. See, the devil is a deceiver. See, we're supposed to receive, not deceive. And when a person is deceptive, when a person don't come out and just be honest and tell you the whole truth. Listen, see, when a person don't tell you the whole truth, then they're willfully withholding information to prevent you from knowing what really is going on or the truth. I want to make sure. Let's see. Okay, I got my battery is going to be going down. Uh, okay, I got time. Good. We got to be mindful of deceptive people. The key thing for us to be able to do is make sure that we're spiritually clean. For us to be under the radar of repenting, that is what helps us to cleanse our waste that's within our body, our spiritual body. Asking for forgiveness, repenting, repenting to God, and also apologizing to others. That is what helped remove and release the toxic, the toxic um, uh, waste from our bodies. I found out, matter of fact, um, in, in church today, it was a great, great example, and we have to remember in order for you to operate in the purpose and plan that God has for you, you have to be spiritually clean. See, Jesus was able to operate in the gift, in the responsibility that God has for him because he operated in what? Love. And operating in love allowed him to operate in his purpose. And many of us, don't operate in our purpose because we don't operate in love. When a person operates in love, you feel the presence of God. You feel the anointing. See, the it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that gives you the power or empower you to do what you need to do to do and, and become and operate in who you are. But what hinders and also the gasoline or the fuel of the anointing is love. But if love is the the fuel and love is of God, then the opposite, I mentioned earlier, the opposite is hate. And if the opposite, if the opposite of Love is hate, and the opposite of God is Satan. Then, if we are not operating in love within our purpose, then we're not operating in our purpose. You understand what I'm saying? The only way to operate in our purpose is love. Like your car, your car will only operate if it's unleaded gasoline. Now, these are for those who have regular vehicles. Operating 
in unleaded gasoline will help maximize your cost potential. But if I try to use a foreign object instead of unleaded gasoline, even if I try to use, let's say, anointing oil, olive oil, it's oil. Ooh, we use that for the church and everything, but if I fill up my car full of blessing oil, not only my car ain't going nowhere, but now chances are I'm going to have to get another motor and clean my line because it has damaged my car, damaged my motor. In other words, the purpose of the oil is not to be in the car, it's to be on the car. The only way my car would operate, the only fuel that my car would operate with is gas. And the only fuel that you can operate within your purpose is love. So that love, love for God and love when it's when it's free, when it's unhindered, unrestricted, then you can do exploits because greatest heat is in you, disease is in the world. And so if you are operating in love, then you can conquer any and everything that the devil may try to throw your way and operate in the purpose and the assignment that God has for you to be in. So that's something we have to realize. God has a purpose and plan for us, but the devil want to hinder us. But we can't allow the devil to hinder us any longer. So with that being said, allow the waste of your life to be flushed down a spiritual toilet. Give it to God, no matter what it is. Now, some people say, well, you know, it's easier said than done, but guess what? You get, look, you deserve it. You got to have it. It is so important. <clears throat> In order for you to be able to get the power of God operating and active in your life, you have to surrender everything to God. You have to. See, you can't you can't fix the problem on your own. But if you could, you would have been it would have been fixed a long time ago. But since you can't, God can. But God is not gonna just barge down your door. He's a gentleman. He wants to be invited in. Allow God to come in and heal you and remove every toxic waste within your body, rid of everything that the devil tries to do to hinder you, destroy you, you to, to help you to miss what God has for you and make you miss who God is trying to make you become. See, the devil ain't worried about what he can make you do. Because you can do something one time and apologize or repent and never do it again. The devil's not worried about what he can make you do. He's more concerned about what he can make you become. If you become it, then it's part of your character. In other words, if you become it, then that's part of the waste within your body. So we have to ask God to help us to do a 
we have to allow God to do a di- diagnostic on us to examine everything. In other words, get a spiritual, physical, and whatever the reading is that God reveals, then accept it and give it to him and allow him to remove that waste from our bodies, from our minds, from our hearts, because it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. So with that being said, if there's anybody that may be watching, may be listening, who may be going through something, who may feel like, you know what, I feel stuck. Or, you know, I do want to forgive. I don't know how to forgive. And that's one of the things that we always we always hear people say, and it just burns me up. We always tell people to give it to God, but we never tell people how to give it to God. And, you know, even just right where you're at, the first step is, Admit, you know what? I hate this person. Admit it. Don't deny it. Because to be honest with you, you denying it is actually you misdiagnosing yourself. And also, the first step is getting delivered or healed from a problem is to what? Acknowledge it. Once you acknowledge it, then you are letting God know, hey, look, this is where I'm at right now. The Bible tells us, the Bible says, come as you are in the importance of your sins. And it don't just mean, you know, getting to the building of the church and, you know, having on bike or shorts, whatever. No, no, no. Come as you are in the importance of your sins, meaning acknowledging where you're at right now in your life. And realize we all need a savior. We all need the savior. Not just the drug addict, but even the preachers too. Even the bishops too. The apostles. Everybody. Listen, Jesus Christ died for all of us. And he died for all of our sins. Not just for my sin and excluding you. He died for all of our sins. And we all have accessibility to be accepted into the body of Christ. Jesus Christ died for all of us. We always hear John 3.16, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, his only unique son, that whoever, uh, uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed him should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. So Jesus Christ died for you, for you to be able to accept him in your heart, in your life. And he will help you to overcome that feeling of hatred. He'll help you flush it down the toilet. He'll help you, what? Get it out your body and flush down the toilet. That unforgiveness, he'll help you remove that waste and flush it down the toilet. Even backing up of hatred, unforgiveness, even what? Self-guilt. Guilt. You know, the regrets that you may be having. You know, you beating yourself up because of the mistakes of your past or even bad choices that you've made in your life. God is saying, look, look, let me hear, look, let me give you an enema. Let me give you a laxative, a spiritual laxative to help you get rid of that out of your body. You may be feeling 
stuck. You may feel like, well, I don't know. How am I going to release this? How am I going to release? Allow God to give you a spiritual laxative. God, he want to help you get rid of that, whatever's going on in your life. Whatever you hold it on to, don't feel like you have to die with it. God want to help you to release everything. And he's the only one that can do it. And no, you don't have to think about if he's going to do it. Know that he wants to do it. He wants to do it for you. He loves you. The Bible tells us, cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. He care, he Listen, he cares for you. You don't have to deal with that any longer. You don't have to have an anxiety or a panic attack of wondering, you know, does God love me? Uh, will he forgive me? The answer is yes. Listen, even when the devil try to bring up your past, you bring up his future. But also realize, you see us. There are some people, if we be real as ministers, as preachers, as pastors, if we be real, we all did not have a clean slate coming in. No. Some of us has had raggedy lives, trifling past. But see, when God gets done with you, there will be no remnant, there will be no residue of who you were in the past. That's the same thing that God want to do for you. God want to help you and heal you. God wants you to know, you know what? Whatever the devil tried to make you hold on to, I'm going to let it pass for you to flush it down the toilet. So no matter what it is, allow God to let it pass through you, from you to him. And not only that, but if there's anything else that you may be having in your life, you may feel like, you know what, I need to give it to God. Don't you know that he told you to come to him? Like I said, come to him in the pardons of your sins. And don't you know that there is no sin, there is no sin that's beyond God's control for you to be able to release to him. Give it to him. No matter how long you've been dealing with it, no matter how people have told you, well, you know, you just go, you just trifling. And especially people that have gone into your ear and tell you, you'll never be anything. You'll never be nothing. You know what? Those are the main ones that God can use. When men bypass you, when men over try to uh, look over you, when men try to look over you, those are the main ones that God want to look upon to use. Don't you know that the devil will even use people within the church to discourage you because the devil, the devil knows that God has a perfect plan for you. And the devil would try to get a head start by trying to discourage you while you're at the starting line. But know that God is here right now to let you know, you know what, regardless of how it started, I'm going to help you get to the finish line. So we want to come right now in prayer and ask God to help us. We're going to touch and agree. Whatever's going on, we're going to give it to God. Just in case those who may be watching, who may, be not, who may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tell us, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. No matter how long you've been dealing with it, no matter what you're in, you can give it to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we coming to you right now, God. First of all, God, we ask you to forgive us, God. There's anything that's unlike you right now, God. Ask you, Lord, to forgive us, God. We receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. God, we coming to you right now, God. We need you like never before, God. God, we coming to you right now, God. You are our only way, God. You are our only hope, God. And we need you. We desperately need you. But not only do we need you, God, but God, we want you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we ask you right now, God, to remove, to rid our bodies, our spiritual bodies, rid Every toxic waste from our bodies right now in the name of Jesus. God, we speak, God, there's anything that's in us that's unlike you, God. We give you permission to get it out, either through regurgitation, through urination, or even through bowel movement. God, we speak, God, that you do a spiritual detoxing right now in the name of Jesus. God, we speak, God, that you restore our minds, restore our hearts, but most importantly, restore our relationship with you right now in the name of Jesus. Instead of buying everything you stand for, we bind every problem, we bind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we surrender our will, our way to you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we even speaking, God, for those who maybe be having a hard time, God, forgiving or releasing, God. God, we speak to God that you help them to understand it is for their benefit right now, God. God, for helping them, God, to understand, God, that that's not the person that you have made for them to be right now. God, we were not designed to hold on to hate, to hold on to unforgiveness, to hold on to malice, to hold on to hatred or anything. We were not created that way. There was the, there was an attitude that the devil tried to put forth, but God help us, God, to operate and be the people that you call for us to be right now. In the name of Jesus, shaking off every pesticide, spiritual pesticide, shaking off every waste, every added ingredient that the devil tried to put forth right now. Everything unnecessary. The things that we were not born with, spiritually born with, God. God, we speak, God, that you moved us from us right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for how you're helping us, God, to become healed and whole right now, in the name of Jesus. God, we speak, God, for those who even seeking their purpose right now, God. Help them to understand what their purpose and plan, God. God, we speak, God, there's someone right now, God, that needs strength, God. Someone that needs endurance right now, God. God, there's someone right now, God, needs to help. God, even expressing themselves right now, God, God, in a healthy way, Look like someone that's having a hard time expressing or explaining right now, sharing their heart, God, God, there's someone right now, God, that have so much hurt, God, they don't know how to trust, God, help them, God, to give every hurt, release every hurt to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God, there's some, God, that have been so distorted right now because of their past, because of the things they have dealt with, people that have, like, suppressed them, people that have talked negative about them, people that have, like, there have been some spiritual witchcraft, God, we speak, God, we break that curse right now, in the name of Jesus, every spiritual wickedness, we 
We send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, we insert love where there was hate. Remove the hate and insert love where there was unforgiveness, God. Remove the unforgiveness and place in forgiveness, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that you restore, God. Restore them back to the manufacturer's made right now. In the name of Jesus, restore them back to who you made them to be right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this, God. We thank you, Lord, for the release, God. We thank you, Lord, for removing the burden and the pressure and the depression and the oppression right now. Every mental game that the devil tried to do right now, we speak against her right now in the name of Jesus. We speaking against her right now. We bind the spirit wickedness right now. We bind the like even the behavior problems right now in the name of Jesus. We bind and send it back to the pits of hell right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we even speaking right now, God. We didn't even know, God. We know that this is um, like mental health week. God, we speak, God. Anybody who's dealing with mental issues right now, God. God, help them to give it to you, God. We speak, God, that you help them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, this is a serious issue right now, God. And the, even the devil trying to even uh, medicate them and just spending money, but not it. Treating the issue. God, we speak, God, that you go to the root of the problem right now, God. There's someone that needs a healing. There's someone that needs a touch from you right now, God. Help and heal right now. In the name of Jesus, we even speaking of financial breakthrough, God. Right now, there's been someone's got, like, they feel trapped financially, God. They've been burdened. They don't know what to do, God. They feel like giving up. But, God, we speak, God, that you make a way out of no way right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, just like how you did the widow that had... Elijah and the child, God. God, the same movement that you made with them, God. God, we speak, God, that you bring in the answer, God, that will help them, God. God, we speak in your, your counsel, God. We, we seek in your counsel right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and everyone who tuned in. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, Feel free to contact me on Facebook. My name is Brother Prater. Uh, on Facebook, you will see my data devotion and videos on my page. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Brother Prater also. Or you can go to my website, which is www.brotherprater.org. You will see my data devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and responsibilities toward their families, their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not, and also to inform women the needs of men and Give the single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.